still have this one last weekend for a little girl. <laughs> well, this next one is for all you lost souls. All you sinners racing down that long road to redemption, but heading straight into that pit of darkness up ahead. We're all on the same endless highway. Ugh, of course we get a flat. Guys, car! Why don't you come to our place? <laughs> this place feels like a bad acid trip. Guys, we have got to go. I'm not going anywhere. Well, they're gonna try to stop you. But you gotta keep moving. <laughs> Nobody would buy something like this on Blu-ray unless it was the most awesome movie ever made. So I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Should we do this? Let's do this. All right. Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast where three friends talk about a horror movie. Well, we've had four friends in here before. Three friends talk about a horror movie and we will spoil that horror movie. And recently watched, try not to spoil, but you know... I didn't really watch much, so I'm not worried about it. And we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Apple Music or uh, the other thing. See, I got it right. What's the other one? Amazon? Amazon. Yeah. And say hi to them on the Facebook, where they are the Moon-Rays. And uh, we are not professional critics. I think I forgot to mention that earlier. Will, are you getting paid to do this? I am. Okay. You're getting paid in Girl Scout cookies today. So Yes. Will and Jolian and Richard, we are your hosts. So, um, the dogs are all up in our business. Yes, I'm, I'm multitasking, scratching two dogs at the same time. <laughs> and there's a the third one. Hopefully the CBD kicks in soon. For the dogs. Yeah, if not, we'll, <laughs> if not, we'll take some THC. Yeah, them, them Girl Scouts will sell anything. Right. There, there were some great pictures of Girl Scouts selling Girl Scout cookies next to dispensaries. Yep. That's a great plan. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, it's just built right in mm-hmm. for you. So, um, since last time, I'm going to tell you guys real quick and get my recently watched out of the way. Um, I watched a couple more episodes of Sabrina and the last two or three episodes of The Morning Show. And I will give you mild spoilers for the morning show. Men are terrible uh, as a gender. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just awful people. And, uh, and uh, you'll, you'll find... It's what we're good at. <laughs> being horrible is what we're good at. And we're less horrible than some of the guys out there, I think. And so what are you going to do? Uh, so that was good. And I'm watching um, Jennifer Aniston running down the street in this one scene and, and being upset about something. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so similar to Rachel and Friends. And then yesterday they announced that the Friends reunion is going to happen. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, way, yeah. To, yeah, way to ruin it, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to see if that dog will come in here. When, when, when's she, when she going to do her leprechaun reunion? Yeah, I know that. See, that's the thing. That's and what we're waiting for. Get Matthew Perry to play the leprechaun, because Warwick Davis died, right? No, no, he's still he's doing it. He's alive. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I'm sorry. He's not even that old. Was it Billy Barty that died? Yes. 
like what, quite a while. Ago. I was going to say what twenty years ago. Uh, um, and, and I've got bad news about Angelo Rosito as well. Angelo Rosito. Oh man, I know that we got, we lost Coffin Joe. I saw that on your yes, post. Yes, I found out ago. from your post. Yeah. Yeah. So when was that? This past week or so? It's Tuesday, I think I heard. Oh wow. Yeah, I he died heard. on the eighteenth. Ironically, he was cremated. <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> he was just dragged down to hell. By <laughs> yeah. Were we making Coffin Joe jokes? We were. <laughs> While I was out of the room, I'm just trying to get the get the old dog to settle down. But I, if she just comes in here. Hopefully uh, it'll be a little quieter. I apologize to our listeners for all the barking. And the ta- the nail clicking. Yeah, that isn't so bad. It just, you know. Think about what we used to uh, deal with at the old place. Did I, did I ever tell the listeners, I know I told you guys, but about a year ago when we sold the old house where we used to originally record the podcast, the woman who was looking at the house, who was absolutely going to buy the thing, said, oh, creative people live here. This is amazing. I, I This is like an art space. I could tell, like, this is art studio. And um, the realtor said, oh, yeah. And um, the guy records a podcast here. And she said, I have a podcast. So um, the buyer of the old house records a podcast about six feet from where we used to record ours. Wow. I never told you that, did I? No. Now, there's no secrets because... Nobody knows from our podcast where that was, so they won't stalk her. But um, her name's Lisa, and her podcast is called Half My Age. So she's about 50, and her um, co-host is about 25. So um, until until half doesn't really work anymore, they could still call it that. <laughs> always be half their age? No, because when he's 30, will she be 60? No. She'd be 55. Okay, yeah. So it just, it only works for about a year or two. Yeah. That has nothing to do with anything. Um, except for that, if you wanted to, you could listen to that. They they sort of bill themselves as a time waster podcast. They just kind of talk about the events of their week and... Um, so a podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that sounds so different from our uh, on, you know, on-topic, yeah. well-researched podcast. Is there is there a topic? <laughs> Southbound. Southbound will be our topic. Friend of the show, Dana Gould, is in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, I think that was it for me. Uh, what have you guys watched? I watched, uh, finished up Sneaky Pete season three. How was that? Hope it's the last. <laughs> You've had quite <laughs> enough of him. I've had enough. I mean, how many times can characters keep going through cons and lying to one another? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Um, and then we watched a fantastic movie called Let the Corpses Tan. Mm-hmm. Uh, go watch it. I'm not going to tell anybody anything about it. Just go watch it. <laughs> Again, when when we were starting the show, I was looking at the box and saying, it's on Blu-ray. Who, who would buy this thing on Blu-ray if it weren't awesome? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we watched uh, Race with the Devil. Uh, the okay. Loretta Swit movie. Yes. A little bit of Peter Fonda in it. Yeah. Sure. Um, so tell me. I'm what... a MASH fan. So it was a Loretta Swit movie. Okay. Uh, and MASH fans are called mashers. I'll let you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like to announce it to people. I'm a masher, especially when I get on the bus. <laughs> Ooh, he's a masher. No, seriously, I wish there were MASH conventions like Star Trek conventions. Yeah. Everybody dressed up in fatigues. They can have a mess hall. Yeah. You give each other, you know, ranks, you know. You could uh, strategically hide your right hand. Do you know about this? Uh, oh, yes, with it's his left hand. Is it? Oh, it's yeah, his left. Okay. Yeah. Radar. Um, yeah, the guy who played Radar. He had a um, some sort of damaged or malformed left hand and he broke his arm when he was a kid and it never grew right oh okay but yeah his hands all messed up oh interesting i didn't know that was the reason yeah uh, you don't even notice it until somebody points it out yeah it was pretty good with it wasn't harold lloyd missing a hand he was missing some fingers that's what it was he was missing his index finger and his 
middle finger and part of his thumb. Our young listeners are going to be thinking. Harold Lloyd. <laughs> the that... old guy from Back to the Future? <laughs> no, that's Michael J. Fox. Oh, the guy who played Danny in The Shining. Yes. <laughs> There's a major Bollywood star named uh, Hrithik Roshan, who's like one of the most beautiful people you've ever seen. Yeah. and But he's got his, his, he's got his double thumb on his right hand. Oh, wow. And he doesn't hide it or anything. Yeah. But it's just amazing. And he could text like a bat out of hell. Yeah. <laughs> So what did you think of, uh, let's get back to uh, Race with the Devil, what did you think? I liked it. Nothing wrong with it? Nothing wrong with it at all. Except for it did feel like made for TV, didn't it? No. You didn't think so? No. Mm -mm. Oh man, I felt like I was watching an episode of Chips. (laughs) No, I I expected it to be a lot cheaper. I would have watched Chips if it was like that. Yeah. (laughs) I never knew. There wasn't enough Satan worship in Chips. I I just saw, I just caught the credits of Chips, you know, that you'd be on Saturdays. Yeah. And, uh. And it, you could just tell it's just like the slowest chases you'd ever seen. Oh, they yeah. filmed they filmed all their chases at about between five and eight miles an <laughs> yeah. hour. Yeah. And they, you just drop the camera angle really low and people don't tend to notice. Oh, I did. I was a kid. Yeah. Well, people don't, but kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids and smart people do. But everyone else, no. Yeah, that was it was pretty bad. Yeah. I didn't think it looked like a TV movie. Not as much no? as Dr. Sleep did. <laughs> Wouldn't have many naked cult sacrifices and... And chips? Dog killings and chips. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. They did have Kiss on once, though. Of course. Yeah. Well, they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't afford Deacon Dark? No. <laughs> I told my friend to look for Deacon Dark because she's re-watching The Love Boat. Oh, yeah. And she said... Um, this is a coworker. She said she's been watching Heart to Heart. Remember that mm. show? Yeah, I do. She's like, they're so bad. They have obviously a male stunt person playing Mrs. Hart or whatever, uh-huh. and it's not even remotely passable. <laughs> it's like it shifts from a five foot tall woman who weighs about a hundred pounds to like a six foot three <laughs> linebacker <laughs> in a dress and a wig. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. They had a 30-year-old woman playing Carl on uh, The Walking Dead as far as like a stunt oh, person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But, you know, they were about the same build, about the same body type until he grew a couple more inches taller and filled out a little bit. And then he wanted more money and they uh, killed, him. killed his character off. And uh, I don't care if that's a spoiler for anyone who's been waiting to watch <laughs> The Walking Dead. If you get past the point where they kill Carl and you're still watching this, you're an idiot. That's probably not nice of me to say. We might have listeners who are like, I love The Walking Dead. It's like, yeah. But who respects somebody who talks in that voice? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. And we like plenty of stupid shit ourselves, I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> yeah. Friday, they, uh, uh, Arrow announced that they were releasing the Gamera box set. Ooh. Ooh. Which I did some art for. Royalties? No. <laughs> it's already number one selling science fiction movie release on Amazon. Nice. It's not even out till July. Wow. Really? Um, you can get it cheaper on Diabolic DVD right now. Okay. Um, but it, it's 12 movies, all, all the Gamera movies. Um, they've remastered the 90s trilogy in 4K. Ah. Uh, which I'm really looking forward to because they're the, like as good as giant monster movies get. Yeah. They're really, really good movies. Um, and it's got commentaries by uh, August Ragone, David Collat, Steve Rifle, Ed Godzuski. You know, mm-hmm. these, these people like, you know, yeah. they know more about this stuff Gamera than anyone himself. In, in the West. Um, <laughs> appears on a couple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so interviews with the cast, there's the US release version of the original Gamera. Um, uh, there's a reprint of the Gamera comics from Dark Horse. Oh, I um, didn't even know they had Gamera comics. Yeah, um, there's a new comic by uh, Matt Frank, and he, he also does the artwork for a lot of the, uh, the, the covers on this box set. And then uh, there's a book by uh, Patrick Massius uh, with my... Illustrations Illustration. in that of the like, anatomical drawings. Yeah. So, like, uh, I've remastered the anatomical anatomical drawings that I did for the original um, the Shout Factory DVDs. Yeah. And then 
done the monsters that you know, the new monsters that appeared since then. So. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so that, that's coming out in July. Awesome. Um, well, how, how come no royalties? They just don't do it. It's just a one and done. Yeah, They're like I'm, take it or leave it. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't pay me much, but uh, they said they're going to throw in some freebies. I gave them a wish list of oh. uh, Arrow Blu-rays that I'd like, and <laughs> they said, "Yeah, they'll do it." Oh, um, nice! Yeah, they, they didn't have the budget for um, to pay a lot of cash. I mean, even though that you know, um, they they'll make money. They make a lot of money from these things, but you're paying so many people, yeah, and rights and everything. Oh god, I imagine the rights are yeah, and, and remastering nuts on stuff like that. Yeah, they're not like shout. They you know they'll actually go and remaster things. Yeah, um, properly and um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. it should be a great set. Yeah, and stuff on there's never been on Blu-ray anywhere. Um, yeah, so that is exciting. Yes, and for the listeners who haven't heard the episodes where we described what your illustrations were, they're um, your versions, I didn't know until we were talking about it on the show that there were some versions of it before in the 60s, but they're your versions of the anatomical cutaways of the monsters showing what in their guts makes them be able to do the things they do. <laughs> yeah. Or what in their anatomy, not just their guts, but you know. Right. Like why they're able to shoot rainbows or fire or what yes. have you. But what, what I'll do is <clears throat> I'll go back to the, the uh, 60s illustrations and mm-hmm. translate the Japanese and then just do those. And then I kind of fill it out by researching the creatures that they're kind of based on. So like if they're based on bats or squid or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and then I'll, I'll add in bits of anatomy from those creatures to just to kind of sell it. Yeah. yeah that, makes nice. it, that makes a lot it, of it sense. It makes it funnier. <laughs> I like the uh, the submersible that's hidden in one of them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I went to Gamera, because like in uh, Gamera versus Jiger, uh, he gets infected like this. The Jiger injects him. And, and creates this like baby Jiger. Yeah. And uh, these kids get this mini sub and go inside him and track down the, the monster. I've not that's seen that him. one. Yeah. So I drew the little mini sub, just very, very yeah. tiny in his guts. And if you're going to breathe perfect. fire, you need a coal sack. You need a coal sack and magma sack. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's just science. Yes. So what else was on your list? Um, I watched uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Ooh, how was mm-hmm. it? Last year. Mm-hmm. How was it? Um, this is directed by Tim Miller, who did um, Deadpool, Deadpool, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, I like the women and uh, the Arnie quips. You get yeah. some really funny ones in. Uh, but it's basically terminated too. Mm. It's, Redone. It, yeah, it's exactly the same plot. You know, oh, jeez. As, as you can tell from the trailer, you know. I think that's why so many people didn't go to see it, because it's like, oh, yeah. that again. Yeah. yeah, they're like, I'll just watch the earlier one with young Linda Hamilton. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I was not impressed with the trailer at all. It just, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, that's that's what you get. Is yeah, it? that that again. Um, so you know, there's, there's bits I liked. I, my favorite shot actually was, uh, you know, when they uh, they come back in time and they have this like sphere. Uh huh. And uh, so one of them he comes back to um, Mexico City, and there's this like a uh, tower block. And in the quad and the tower block, there's like all this laundry strung across all the apartments, uh-huh. and the sphere like drops through that, so it flash freezes the laundry. So this laundry like you know, falls to the ground and shatters. Shatters. Oh, it's just that's like neat. So this like surreal image. Yeah. It's, like, it's just a second. I thought, oh, that's really that's really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you've got these three women. There's, there's Linda Hamilton, and then. Uh, uh, Star the, of the musical Hamilton, <laughs> right? It's all about her. Then you get, you've got like a, one who's about thirty and one one who's like a teenager. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, there, there is a good cast and everything, but um, uh, it's like um, I think of it as like Femi Cameronism. Yeah. It's like uh, his idea of feminism is like you take a woman and make a really buff and act exactly like a man yes uh, uh, you know which is fun to watch but yeah um <laughs> but by definition is not exactly feminism not exactly yeah but, um missing the mark a bit uh, you know it's fun to watch them kicking butt it's, yeah uh I, f- I feel like that i probably someone else has pointed this out but i feel like the 
Terminator series has become its own Terminator. It it, it just <sighs> yeah. goes back and to the past Terminators and kills mm-hmm. them. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It does happen. <laughs> Why don't they do one like I don't know? The Terminator goes to the old west. Or the Terminator fights dinosaurs. I mean, they yeah. got time travel. Mix it up a little. Yeah, get rid of all humans. Just go back to the... Yeah. They're hunting hominids. Man, yeah. Hunting Mozart. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you could have Raquel Welsh. Ooh. You know, Terminators. Yeah. Excellent. I'd watch that. I would. Um, I watched uh, 21 Bridges. Have you seen that one? That's another one from last year. No. Directed by Brian Kirk. Ch- stars uh, Chadwick Boseman. Okay. Uh, the, the Black Panther, um, and also uh, Taylor Keach and uh, J.K. Simmons are in it. Oh, okay. Um, so this is uh, there's this like uh, robbery that goes horribly wrong, and and uh, a bunch of cops get killed, and the uh, so the, the police seal off Manhattan to trap the criminals. Oh, okay. And but there's other stuff going on in it, um, and the, so the, the characters and mechanics of the plot are good. Um, gets more cliched as it goes on, but mm. um, you, you know, you've got good cast and everything. Um, yeah, and then watched uh, Goodnight Mummy, which n- no one else could watch. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, just have to save that. They heard it, they heard us say something out loud about it, and then they just revoked it from Amazon. Yeah. I, I sat down to see it thinking, oh, I, I could watch it in 20 minute chunks, you know, during lunch times, sure, during the week, but no. It is fascinating. I just watched the whole thing. It, it, oh, okay. it, sucked, it sucked you in. Uh, I watched another cat movie. Oh. Uh, Crimes of the Black Cat, 1972. Sergio Pastore. This is a jello. And how much of a jello is this? You've got a blind pianist. Okay. Partially overhears <laughs> a mysterious cloaked figure whispering. Mm-hmm. Uh, murders involving a fashion house. Okay. Yeah, it's just ticking all the boxes. Um, there's an unusual murder method. Uh, there's a black glove killer. <laughs> black glove killer. Just what I was going to ask. Is there a black glove yeah. killer? There's blue light glittering off a blade. Ooh. Oh, it's got everything. Oh, man. Uh, it's not particularly stylish or exciting, but uh, it's set in Copenhagen. It's filming, mostly filmed in Copenhagen. Oh, okay. Um, the, the hero is kind of un- unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got a um, there's this terrible backing painting in one scene that was quite distracting. Huh. Uh, it was obviously like they were filming some of the interiors in Chinatito or wherever, and mm-hmm. and and like there's this terrible painting of Copenhagen just outside the window, and it's too much in focus. Oh, like, no. yeah. Um, it's called depth of field, people. Uh, this is also the, the Italian title means <clears throat> seven shawls of yellow silk. Ooh, that is a good title. <laughs> uh, music by Manuel de Sica. Um, he did the soundtrack for Del Amore to Del Amore, which is much better, I think. Um, it, so you've got Anthony Stefan, who's in tons of westerns, and uh, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. Uh, Silva Costina, who was in the original two Hercules movies. Okay. Um, she was in Juliet of the Spirits as well. Um, and of course, you've got Giacomo Rossi Stewart, you know, needless to say. Yeah. <laughs> He's in all of these. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he was getting towards the end, and it was like, is kind of, I think, oh, they're going to wrap things up. And I was thinking, well, how mild it was. Yeah. Up to that point. And then there's this final murder. And I was like, oh my God, it's, it's pretty strong stuff. All right. Um, was this on Shutter or something? This was on Prime. They've Prime? got yeah. Okay. They've, they've got like a. They've got a, quite a selection. I know I have some saved. Yeah, I I, I listed uh, the Jello they had that I haven't seen. Oh, so nice. They, they've got a few Argento and Bava, but um, yeah, there's like ten or so Jello I haven't seen that are on there. Oh wow! So I'll get through them. But yeah, that was my cat movie for this week. All right. So I think that's it. All is, right. there, is there any shortage of cat movies, or are you going to have like one a day for the rest of your life? Well, there's eight movies just based off the the black cat. Oh, okay. So basically, as um, many as you want to watch. Oh yeah, I think next week I'll watch uh, Shadow of the Cat. They're making them faster than you can watch them. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen The Uninvited yet, which, yeah. uh, which by all accounts is pretty boring. So I'm kind of saving that one. Yeah. Um, there, there were two things I for, that I forgot to mention in my recently watched, and I'll keep it brief. Um, 
one of them, and I got to ask you, Will, if you watched this, <clears throat> um, Prime Time last night, they uh, covered a story about a murder in Las Cruces. Oh. And uh, it went unsolved for a while, but then they solved it um, with some help from um, DNA analysis. So uh, th- that was an interesting story that I was I was like, ah, okay, if, if I watch for more than 15 seconds, I get sucked in. You know, and, and especially if it's, um, what's his name? Tim, uh, what is his name? Uh, Tim Miller. Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy would be great for this yeah. show, but the guy who's always like, it was a, a Keith Morrison, not Tim. It's Tim Keith, Keith Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Keith Tim Morrison. <laughs> Keith T. Morrison. The T is for Tim. <clears throat> you know, he, he'll always like kick it off with like, it was a quiet, quiet Arizona night in a small town out by the desert. And you're like, ah, oh, shit, I'm sucked in already. <laughs> I know that the, the husband, if it's the wife who's dead, the husband did it. And if it's yeah. the other way around, then the other one did it. You know, it's it, it's just like that. But um, so, yeah, I watched that. And then there was a, um, believe it or not, guys, a UFO documentary on uh, Amazon uh, that was basically a lecture by Stan Friedman. You know Stanton Friedman, the yeah. nuclear physicist, uh-huh. UFO expert. Yeah, longtime guest of Coast to Coast AM. Oh yeah, from Art Bell all the way through George Nori. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe Stanton died a couple years ago. He died last year. Um, he said, "Okay, well, I'm going to be done." He's like, "I'm just going to do one more convention and then I'm done." And he died in the airport. Oh shit! I thought Ooh. you were going to say he died at the podium. He gave his lecture and laid down and died. <laughs> nope. He made it to the airport and then laid down and died. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, it was one of those, uh, Oh, it was UFOs and science slaying the dragon. I think is what it was called. Wow. It's good. Dragons too. Yeah. UFOs well, and dragons. I wish. And science. <clears throat> I wished there were dragons, but there weren't. I think it was, using a metaphor ufos science and dragons one of these is not like the others <laughs> that's right <laughs> so guys uh you had you had some recently watched didn't you mm-hmm. i told you all of them did you yeah. I, th- I felt like there was one that you were oh, missing i did watch the debates oh yeah yeah the horror of the debates yeah so michael bloomberg looks like some sort of alien <laughs> watching a man take a beating like that that's that's a pure horror movie yeah <laughs> it was rough, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I didn't see it. He didn't even guard his face. The women were just beating him. Everybody was beating on him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he, he didn't do well. Mm. Yeah, I, I heard he, he was a bit of a roast for him. It was. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he can go dry his tears with $100 bills. Yeah. yeah. And that's only because they don't make $1,000 bills anymore. Yeah. So... <laughs> All right, so that was everything? That was it. Okay, because I felt like there was something else. I'm but... holding back on something? No. Yeah, I know I was. So, guys, we watched Southbound. Yes. How did you guys feel about Southbound? Jolien, was it um, everything you expected? I thought it was uh, bold that they were the, the decisions going into it were to leave things unexplained and kind of vague, you know, kind of one washes into another. and yeah. Um, it wasn't very abrupt with that, was it? It's no. Like like a lot of anthologies are. Yeah, there's always characters who linger into the next story, mm-hmm. and, um, and the, the the host is a, like a voice on the radio, and yeah, um, and <clears throat> you know. But then then again, you have you know pretty much what's going on going in. Yeah, because you've got like the Carnival of Souls clips. You're like, all right, yep, you know that something's up. That's that's what. That's what's happening here. So, so how long were you guys watching before you kind of started to put it together that this is either hell or purgatory? Or as soon as that clip, where you got that clip, <laughs> well, yeah. kind of with souls, and then the 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 woman who's running the cafe mm-hmm. is uh, Sutter. Yeah, from in the mouth of madness. Yeah, so, Sutter came. Like, oh. All right. Yeah. So we thought her name tag two, said two, butter. <laughs> butter. <laughs> we're like mm, butter. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Butter. Butter. So, um, so yeah, the, the clues were dropped pretty early. And, yeah, you could say, oh, well, they're in some circle of hell, but it seemed like purgatory, and that was pretty much that. Yeah. 
And some of the characters flat out said that beyond the road, like past the edge of the road, wasn't desert. It, mm-hmm. You can't go there, and it's not desert. It looks like desert, but it isn't. And so what is it? The void, I guess? Like just a space, a black hole? It's all an illusion? I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think of the Reaper, um, the hovering Reaper thingies? I liked them from a distance. Yeah. They looked goofy when they got up close. When you could see the zipper. And when you could see the ones and zeros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. You know. Yeah. When, yeah, when, when it just looks. But when it was an evil kite in the background, it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking it was like, uh, God, they were able to do this with just like a really big helium balloon. and yeah. Draped it with something. Cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't look at any making of, but it looked like it could have been a practical effect from the distance. Yeah. Could be. I don't think it was, though. It probably wasn't. Well, I I was hoping it was because, you know, we're not. It, and it is like it matched. It was blended into the landscape very well. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping it was mostly physical because, uh, you know, that, that was a great like uh, work of computer graphics if they managed to blend them into the. Yeah. That lighting, that specific lighting, that well. Yeah. Yeah. So you get you get some stuff that really works and some stuff that kind of doesn't. I'll tell you the thing that really worked for me. Um, the uh, the story where the girls, uh, it's called Siren, I think, mm-hmm. where the girls end up That's in the, the house. That's the Roxanne. Uh... Yeah. This is the one that we're, because of Women in Horror Month, we, we uh, steered toward this one. Um, Roxanne Benjamin mm-hmm. directed this. And co-wrote it with Susan Burke. Um, the, the the decor of the house, it looked so like that house from the 60s. And as a kid, I'd been in some of these houses that just hadn't been updated. Mm-hmm. But uh, like the little ceramic things on the dressers, the dressers themselves, the paint colors, the, yeah. the single beds, the bedspreads, everything in the house was like a... Like a 1963 home in the suburbs. I wish this had been the whole movie. It would have been pretty cool. Yeah. I like this story. I mean, they show up. It's a weird town. Are they Satanists? What's going on? Yeah. I I like that they were like this rock band. And (laughs) even though they say they're like... Smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. (laughs) It's it's like dropping L7 into Manos Hands of Fate. Yes, it was. You know, and that would have been great. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, the, the dead member of the band, you could spend the movie thinking that she had died in an accident, and mm-hmm. then it would turn out at the end, the other three killed her for fame. Right, right. Like when they killed Paul McCartney, the <laughs> devil, <laughs> so, to be the most popular band she, in the world. So, so the missing one was Claire, wasn't it? I think she was played by Roxanne Benjamin. Oh, okay. You just see her in a photo briefly. Oh, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that she would be the one referenced in photo. Um, we can't go past that without me asking you guys. Do you think they killed? Do you think Paul McCartney died somehow and they replaced him with a lookalike? What, and Claire died and they replaced him? No, or, no you mean the actual Paul McCartney? In, in real life, Paul McCartney, do you think the Paul is dead? And, and younger listeners, if you've not heard of the whole Paul is dead conspiracy theory, it is deep. It is, yes. It is a rabbit hole from which you don't even have to come out if you choose not to. Yeah, there's a book called, I think, uh, Paul is the, Dead. The Walrus Was Paul, uh-huh. which is a lie, but uh, uh, it deals on the, the whole Paul is Dead conspiracy mm-hmm. and all the clues and everything. Clues aside, what about the photographic evidence that this isn't even his shape of his face? Look, look at this picture and then look at that picture. Well, the only thing I could say is that Billy Shears has been Paul McCartney longer than Paul McCartney was. So and he's doing a damn good job of he's it. He's Paul McCartney now. If he wasn't before, he is <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Billy Shears. <laughs> I know I've heard the name before, but I couldn't I couldn't have remembered it if my life depended on uh. it. So they got, so he died along in, with being a masher. I'm a Beatles fan. <laughs> That's right. So he he, he died. I think uh, they called beaters, 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 yes. and mashers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So he died in his motor car. Yep. And uh, then they uh, replaced him with Billy Shears. Yeah. 
who, who happened to look just like him. And play bass left-handed. And play bass left-handed. Sing just like him. Uh-huh. Play bass as well as he did before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, he sounds the same. That's. I mean, they must have found the perfect sound alike. Yeah. Well, maybe they had auditions. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there were there were no Beatle. <laughs> yes, we're staying on topic as usual. <laughs> I'm sitting out this one. <laughs> Look, I don't think it really happened, but it's still fascinating. What's funny is Paul McCartney is going to be the only one left at some point, and he's not even real. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's going to be like 90 years old and be like, I fooled all of you. Yeah. <laughs> I was having yawn. So um back to the movie. So they've got their they've got their dead bandmate who they didn't replace with a look like. Yeah. And uh the girls um you know they they've they're pretty road wise as far as uh musicians go. Yeah. But they they decide they're gonna go ahead and take this fam this this family up on their invite and stay in the house. Yeah. That's where they eat a terrible dinner. That dinner looked horrible. With our uh, buddy. Yeah, Dana Gould. Yeah. Dana Gould. So it wasn't his house. He and his wife were the guests. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's, uh, let's see. Uh, that was Anessa Ramsey, who is known for The Signal in 2007, Yellowbrook Road, 2010, and Rites of Spring in 2011. However, um, there is... Let's see where is she? Uh, another one of the actors in this. David Yao's in it as well. He's, he's uh, Danny, and like, he's the guy who goes looking for uh, the woman who's like working as a tattoo artist in hell. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's David Yao from uh, Jesus Lizard. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that in here too. Um, one of the one of the women who was in this. Maybe it was another segment, but one of the women that was in this was in the Wicker Man remake. Okay. Really? Yeah, one of them was. If I could just find her, um, I, I looked that up earlier. I was like, oh, okay, what has everyone been in? And uh, yeah, so we had a uh, a Wicker Man person. So maybe someone updated the page since I looked at it mm. and decided to edit that out because it was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> So this was was this everyone's favorite segment? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the one that made me most uncomfortable was the accident one. Yeah, that was pretty hard to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. That was squirmy when her leg fell off. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that really wouldn't happen. I don't think so. Not like that anyway. There are lots of things in that episode that wouldn't really happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the most glaringly obvious one. She was all bent up, but there were no scrapes. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of weird. But Yeah, that's just a good don't text and drive commercial yeah. right there. <clears throat> he, he, and no matter what a voice tells you on the phone, don't put your arm in somebody's body. Yeah, unless you're delivering a baby, maybe? I don't maybe, know. Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, if if you got someone talking you through landing a jet, I don't know, do you second guess them? That's a 70s thing, too, yeah. isn't it? <clears throat> maybe that was an 80s thing. Airport 75. Was that the first time they did it? That was uh, Karen Black getting yeah. instructions uh, from Charlton Heston. That's yeah. right. That's right. Karen Black from the Trilogy of Terror. Mm-hmm. Getting instructions from the Planet of the Apes guy. Yep. <laughs> Good movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so that's when it all started. And it ran for about 10 years where they would use that frequently in movies and TV. Yes, the pilots passed out and you have to yeah. have some civilian fly the plane Yeah. and land. Or, or <clears> someone's <throat> being instructed how to save a life over the radios. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of that going on. So th this felt familiar for that reason. So, um, yeah, what did you think of the um, the black vomit? We couldn't go a whole movie without seeing vomit, could we? Yeah, Emily didn't like that. And she, her other remark was, like, uh, most of these people didn't deserve the horrible things that happened to them. 
That's true, isn't it? Like, th- that's when people refer to movies as being mean-spirited. Yeah. I watch this whole thing, and it's like the whole movie is really dark in tone and lighting mm-hmm. for a lot of it. But also, it is, quote-unquote, mean-spirited in the sense that, right, people in this movie were just minding their own business or trying to do a good thing or a mundane thing, and then uh, all of a sudden they're getting <laughs> things they don't deserve. Isn't that true of most horror movies? Yeah. Now, Julian, you've pointed out the the um, website before, which doesn't just cover dogs, but other animals. It's called uh, doesthedogdie.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, do you think we could maybe make our own website called doesthemovievomit.com? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just have a database. So. Like, listeners, please report if there's vomit in a movie. Well, I think on that website you can add your own categories. Like, there's, there's like, uh, you can look up movies that involve uh, people getting injections from syringes. Ooh, okay. Mm. Stuff like, like that. Trigger, if that's your fetish. Your trigger warning or your fetish? Yeah. 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 I, I love some of those when you look at IMDb and things people have tagged. Uh, yeah. And, you know, be like office setting, something, you know, just random things and be like, topless with vest and you're like who put that in there <laughs> yeah people are very specific with their very. with their with their fetishes yeah they are speaking of a uh, movie vomit um uh, I, I i'm in this like a uh, facebook group about uh, map paintings oh okay and uh, someone put up these map paintings from the stuff and then in my facebook feed immediately below it was from what an advert for yogurt uh <laughs> that's funny i was delighted yeah that is really funny yeah i think of the stuff as being marshmallow fluff though nah it was yogurt well, i mean it may have been for the movie but you oh. know if i pictured what it would taste and feel like like <laughs> mm, yeah do people still use the term mouthfeel i believe so Maybe but only on fetish sites <laughs> <clears throat> mouthfeel yeah, that's a very, that's a very weird <clears throat> compound word that somebody made up. I've never heard that. <clears throat> like, yeah, like people will be describing a snack or something. It has a weird mouthfeel. Okay. So um, you mentioned L7. Mm. Um, did I ever tell you guys about the L7 show I saw in Seattle way, way, way back in the day? No, I don't believe no, so. I, I saw them loads of times. Yeah. Do they do the thing where they replace themselves with audience members? Mm-mm. No. Oh, it was so cool. So there was an all ages show and um, they were playing their last number and they kept this rhythm going, this riff going. And um, I think the bass player was the first one. She pulls a girl out of the crowd, puts her bass around her neck, puts her hands where they go, gets her strumming, walks off the stage. One by one, <clears throat> excuse me, one by one, they replaced themselves with, with the audience members. Wow. And they were all like 12 like 11, 12-year-olds. Right. Oh, nice. Awesome. <laughs> so cool. I never went to one with kids in the audience. It was always adults, and, and I was just delighted that all the all the uh, repartee between the, oh, <laughs> yeah. the audience and the <clears throat> band is great. Yeah, yeah, we had some guy screaming, show us your tits. She's like, show us yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to match wits with some punks yeah. like L7. Yeah, I think the, the last appearance on British TV where they were on the show, it was, it was one of those horrible... Hip, hip shows in, yeah. in the 80s and, and uh, early 90s. and I think it was called The Word. Okay. <laughs> the Word. It wasn't called The Scene. Yeah, and you had all these posers hosting it and, and they had L7 on and they had all these lads in the audience were yelling at them. and Yeah, she, she, uh, yeah, she, she just took it all off and jumped into the audience. Yeah. Went oh, on wow. the rampage. Oh, wow. It was great. <laughs> I saw. I think I told you guys this story before, but I saw the band that opened for the Misfits. The singer kind of looked like a young Lou Diamond Phillips, and I, I could read his lips. He just looked at this guy in the front row, and, and he said, "What? What? Fuck you!" And kicked him in the face, and then dove in after him, punching. Oh, man, and it was like I don't know what the. Maybe it was somebody new, but there was you know, the guy was trying to start a fight with a singer, mm-hmm. and the singer's you know, well, in that club he was only about. The, the riser was not much more than just a foot or so yeah. higher than the audience, but he, he got him a good one. And uh, yeah, so that fits right into this movie, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, okay, so The Way Out was the first one. We um, we see this guy goes to the motel and he enters room 6 
two five five. Is this supposed to be a hey? If you take the two and you take the one from it and put it into each no, of the fives, you get the six six six. Same numbers because the number comes back later in the movie. Does it mean else. anything? I mean, I, I, I'm racking my brain thinking what what could six two five five mean? Yeah, it definitely turns up in the stories again because they loop it around. Yeah, let me see if uh, if the Wikipedia page has on it. anything for the hidden. I didn't stuff. even notice. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like it. it. Doesn't look like it's addressed here on the Wikipedia page, but it does talk about. Well, um, IMDb usually has trivia. Yeah, yeah, I could probably pull it up there. Um, yeah, but the no same trivia for "Let the Corpses Tan." I was disappointed. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, but thankfully, I, almost all the reviews were like eights and tens. Yeah, I, I tracked down, you know, some of the, the music they use in the movie, so I could oh nice you know, put together my own soundtrack. For yeah, it. it's great. Um, apparently, um, you can see a flyer for the White Tights in the Jailbreak segment. The band is the yeah, White Tights. Yeah, there's a poster in the bar. Yeah, um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't see anything about the room number except for that it does occur in the story called The Way In and the story called The Way Out. So, yeah. but It's the, it's the address of the family that gets the home invasion. In mm, the, that's when right. That, when that loops back around. Okay, that's yeah, what it is. That's what it is. There we are. So, um, we've, seen, uh, we've seen this like stuck in a loop thing in other movies. Did you guys like how it worked with the uh, rundown gas station? Where the guys try the, in the opening yeah, sequence, yeah, they keep passing the same gas station. Yeah, that's right. And it was in last week's uh, Doctor Who. They they did this like Frankenstein story where they go to the uh, the house where like Mary Shelley was. Yeah, when she, when she wrote it, and and uh, uh, yeah, and they do that same thing. Like the house is like collapsing dimensionally, and so they're, they're like trying to get off the stairs or trying to get out of this room, and they keep running in through the uh, other side. But, so I think this this. This goes back to Kill Baby Kill, Mario Barber. Okay. That movie, you get that gag, where someone's running through a room and they just keep running into the room, running into the room. Running. Yeah. And that, that movie also has the gag where uh, a ball comes down the stairs and you don't know who's... Oh, yeah. Uh, so that one. So that may be the first time the ball down the stairs gag. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um, do you think the Flintstones um, background... Rooms recycling uh, predates Bava. Yeah, big influence. <laughs> Bava was heavily influenced to Bava. by, by Hanna Barbava. Hanna Barbava. That's why there's no uh, gas-powered cars in Bava movies, and they've all got their feet oh, through the floor. Oh yeah, you notice that? I have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dinosaurs and cavemen coexisting. Yep. Yep. That's accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so the accident, so pretty cringy to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's hard to watch somebody who's, um, <clears throat> driving like an imbecile, not paying attention to the road, hit somebody, clearly contemplate running. Yep. <clears throat> and then, um, then he tries to do the decent thing. Yeah. And well, how is he rewarded for trying to do the decent thing? <laughs> Horror video. <laughs> yeah. But then he's just let go at the end. Yeah. Why'd they kick him loose? And they're like, Hey, have a good day. Yeah. yeah, he tries to do a good thing, and so they, they punish him horribly and then let him go. Yeah. And they're like, don't do it again. All right. Yeah, yeah and his his uh, wife or girlfriend was very high maintenance. <laughs> and why, why was he able to get a signal to be looking at the clothes she was thinking about buying? But you're in purgatory, and when you try to get 911, it doesn't work. Yeah, the white tights phones didn't work, <clears throat> did they? No. no, no. Like, did he just get to the edge of the range? I think so. Maybe that's what we're supposed to believe. Or maybe you're putting more thought into it than the people <laughs> yeah. who made this movie. <laughs> maybe. It's purgatory. They're just <clears throat> going to be mean to them when they need to be. Right. Yeah. They'd be mean to him by having his phone work so that he hits a woman. Yeah, that's, think about it. that's true. They set it up. It's like, okay, fine. Um, Why didn't she get out of the road? Yeah, why do people run down the middle of roads in movies? Yeah. That's the first place the bad guys would look, wouldn't it? Yeah, you would think. And even if you see this car coming towards you, you can tell 
They don't look like they're slowing down. <laughs> Maybe I should get out of the road. Yeah, dive mm. out of the way at the last second, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, so um, she didn't get what she deserved, did mm-hmm. she? Nope, I liked it. Yeah. As far I, as we know. Well, she didn't appear to be doing anything wrong. Yeah, she she just like slept with a guy instead of being with her friend. Her friend, the, yeah. Something happened to the friend. Yeah. And, uh, she, yeah, I guess nobody in this, I mean, the first two guys, I guess, deserved it. Mm-hmm. Do we ever find out with um, Jailbreak uh, what what the guy did? Which one was Jailbreak? Isn't that the one where the guy with the Clark Gable mask and the other guy show up? Is that oh, one? is that the home invasion one? Yeah. That's the wraparound, I think. Jailbreak's the one where this guy named Danny turns up with a shotgun. Oh, the, the shotgun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Looking, Sorry. Looking for... His sister. Yeah. The way in is the one where... Yeah, it's the, way in, way out. Yeah, it's, so it's the, the, the last sequence is the one with the masks. Okay, do we find out why they're there to kill that guy? Or kill his wife in front of him well, he's done something that's killed the daughter of one of the invaders possibly but she he's, may he's have like been the aged of... she may have been the aged up teenager mm, maybe i thought it was gambling debt or drug deal gone wrong why'd she... they kill her with a t-shirt but he, he shows her the photo of a girl and he's when he's stabbing him oh okay. yeah and that's the same little f- photo from the beginning hmm. that the guy had and he, and and he sees the girl and when he's see, running through his yeah house. whatever her name was i can't remember now but yeah so do, does it seem like they were going to go that far as to do some killing like they were, were they were just there to like that's all they were there to do was was to kill him mm. and they killed his wife instead they killed him too and they the one who kills the wife, he like he he like sticks a the, he sticks a t-shirt in her mouth. Yeah, that particular t-shirt in her mouth. Yeah, and then he's a Ramones the one, t-shirt. <laughs> when when those those like floating creatures get him, that's how they kill him. They're sticking a oh, that's right, a yeah, limb they, down his throat. Yeah, they stick a tentacle or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, so I w- I guess I was kind of wondering like um, were they were they going to just kill her? Or like rough her up and then make him watch and then kill him or what the hell were they gonna do? But uh, but the girl gets away, so mm-hmm. that's something. Briefly, yeah. And she comes back. <clears throat> yeah, she does. What come. were the masks? There was Clark Gable. Yeah, I couldn't identify the others. Just, I yeah. was like, who was the other? The fat <clears throat> one. And we were wondering, was that? Uh, uh, I want to say Evan Costello. No. No. Uh, Laurel and Hardy. Was it oh, uh, Oliver? Was it Oliver Hardy? No. I couldn't. Yeah, like, they look vaguely like one of them looked like the Stan Laurel mask that you see in New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, it wasn't Stan Laurel. Yeah, I didn't think so. And then the other one I couldn't picture at all. I didn't no. know who that was supposed to be. It looked like Abraham Lincoln without a beard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was kind of wondering if it was. Um... Oh, God. I'm trying to remember. I, I was, oh, never mind. <laughs> it, it, we'll never find out, I'm sure. No. <clears throat> but I um, watched through the credits. They never said anything. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they, they were wearing the creepy translucent masks. No, those weren't translucent. They weren't translucent. The translucent ones are much creepier, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you seen those really realistic flesh ones? Yeah. yeah this guy used to wear them at, when I went to the uh, Denver Comic Con. Yeah. yeah. The guy who made those would be there. Yeah, the Hyperflesh guy. I'm, yeah. I'm spacing out his name, but he brought the baby ones into mm-hmm. the art supply store <sighs> when I was working there. And those things close up were so detailed mm-hmm. and so well painted. It was stunning. Yeah. Like the, the screaming babies had like wet noses and drooling mouths and tears and little blue veins in their temples. It was so crazy. Yeah, Hyperflesh um, is the name that his company was using at the time, at least. And I think he was. I think he might have done some sculpts for that when um, when they did the Making Monsters show mm-hmm. that um, Ed Edmonds was on from our interview with Ed Edmonds. Um, yeah, so that was um, that was one of those things that to see it in person was jarring. And you've seen them up close too. Ugh. 
<laughs> but he's done he's done some celebrity ones, but uh, there's some uh, YouTube videos he's done where he's like, here's my process. And he uses tons of like pictures and video footage to make sure he gets any of the celebrity ones like super accurate. And yeah, very disturbing. Oh, I'll have to look him up. And uh, Jordu Shell is another one who has done work for Ed, um, who if you follow him on Instagram or something, when he does like a realistic person or chimp or what have you, or one of his made up creatures, it's down to the pores and the wrinkles. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so cool. <laughs> like you look at it, it's like, that's a picture of a chimp. And it's like, it's a picture of a dude's sculpture of a chimp that's been made into a mask. But, wow. Yeah. So they, they, um, they participate in mask fest every year. Um, it, uh, that's, that's a, that's part of horror hound is mask fest. Okay. And uh, Tom Savini's always there too, of course. Yeah, that's that's his jam. Someone who looks like Tom Savini. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It could be just someone wearing a Tom Savini <laughs> mask. So yeah, Brian Cranston walked through the crowd at San Diego Comic Con wearing the Brian yeah, Cranston there's, there's mask. I was just going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> someone wearing a mask that's really famous walking around there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he wore the mask of himself. And then, he actually wore it of himself. Yeah, yeah. Went through the crowd and people were like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then he got all the way up to the podium and took it off and it was him. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, did you like how it all tied together, this movie? Like how it all kind of looped back into itself and you kind of got... Uh, not really. Well, okay. It's an anthology. Did it do it better than most anthologies or about the same? Yeah, about the same. I find that anthologies are real hit and miss. It always feels like you're getting part of a meal, not the whole thing. Maybe somebody ate most of it, but you got a few fries left. They didn't, it's always like half an idea. They didn't give you enough packets of sauce. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I find if two-thirds of them are good, I like them. Yeah. yeah. I only yeah. found anything, anything below that, half or less, that is just like, no. Nah, yeah, work. see, I didn't find two-thirds of these good i i like the white tights one mm-hmm. i like some of the images and some of the others but mm-hmm. it just felt like more of the same i, I was in, impressed how bold <clears throat> it was and uh, with how vague it was and and uh, and uh I, the consistent tone despite having different directors that was true, true yeah, yeah. You know, they'd obviously planned it out ahead of time well yeah their meetings must have been good ones yeah so it had this like consistent atmosphere to it that's true. Yeah. And um, something like this, if I feel by the end of it that um, I wasn't annoyed or bored by part of it, if it, if it at least carried through to the next segment and then I liked the next segment well enough, but, you know, then I kind of feel like, good, because there's a lot of anthologies that don't really work. And I think people have fond, fuzzy memories of anthologies that if they were to rewatch them may not like them quite as much. Mm. But... Um, like, I don't know, it's been a while since I've watched Creepshow. I don't know if I would like Creepshow as much as I did when I first saw it. But then again, what was it up against back then? You know? <laughs> it was it was the best of its sort in, yeah. in its time. Um, I think that's fair to say. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the anthology was... It kind of died by the end of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, I can't think of any anthologies that were around when Creepshow came out. Yeah, and you know the reason for that was because Trilogy of Terror was so terrifying. <laughs> yeah. People, people didn't want to support the anthology anymore because they couldn't sleep after they saw that damn right. doll. Yeah. That terrifying doll. What's the uh, the uh, the anthology with Dana Gould in it where he's like, uh, they're setting up lawn decorations. Oh, yeah, that was Tales of Halloween. Yeah, that yeah, was, that that was, was good. Yeah, and I told him when I saw him last time that uh, his was the best segment in mm-hmm. that, because that, yeah. was, that was great. Yeah. He's the old school guy doing, <laughs> doing the more traditional yard haunt, and then the, the, then the speed metal jerk-offs across the street start setting up their gory stuff, and it's war. I think that's what it's actually called. Uh, something about war. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh yeah, we'll tell you what. Let's uh, since since we have this page open, let's just go Tales of Halloween and see what that one was called. I think it's called This Means War. I don't even have to look it up. Yeah, This Means War. 
I can't wait till this fall. I get to do like crazy elaborate mm. decorations. All right. More so than before. Yeah. Not just the giant cats with the flame pots, but <laughs> but more. But more. Giant so, pumpkins. Yeah. So do you guys want more anthologies in your life or the amount of them we're getting? Is that about right for you or do you just want them to go away completely? <laughs> if you had to pick from those choices. This, this crew, that, like these, these are the people who did uh, VHS and stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Roxanne Benjamin did yeah, some, some segments. Yeah, these people. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, they, if they've got a new take on anthologies, then why not? Yeah, just keep trying. I, I don't think there's any harm in trying. Um, you know, you can you can try and fail or not try at all. And if you don't try at all, we don't get anything. So maybe they, yeah, maybe they nail it once in a while, even if it's just a segment or two. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, this means war. And if well, the thing of a uh, trilogy of terror, there's like. There's one really, really good story. In there. And the other two that no one the remembers. The other two you can't, you can't remember. I mean, Karen Black's in all of them, but... Yeah. So that's, they're worth watching for that reason, but... Yeah. I can't remember what happened in the other two, but that one no. is just so good. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think most horror fans, if you put a gun to their head, they couldn't save their life by telling you anything about the other yeah. two segments. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good scream, wouldn't it? <laughs> it oh, would be. Do like horror movies. What were the other two segments? Look them up. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do Trilogy of Terror and find out what are the segments. All right. Because I watched it not too long ago. and You remember nothing of it. I can't remember. <clears throat> I want to say there was one where... Okay, before I even turn and look at my screen, I want to say there was one where Karen Black is a college student and she's doing some sort of Black Widow thing where she's killing chauvinist guys. Let's see if I'm right. Huh. Um, let's see. Uh, Julie. See, remember there was one with a kid in it or something. Uh, let's see. She's a college student with a crush on her English teacher. Uh, during one class, he's distracted by her thigh as she sits at her desk and he daydreams about her. Uh, they go on a date at a drive-in theater. He spikes her drink, ren- renders her unconscious, drives her to a motel. Uh, he checks them in as husband and wife, and he photographs her in sexually provocative positions. See, I didn't remember all this. I thought she would... Okay, let's see. Um, he blackmails her into submitting to his romantic attentions. After several weeks of this, she announces... The game is over. Thank you, Leela. Come here. <laughs> she announces the game is over and reveals that, that it was actually she who manipulated him. And uh, she insults his intelligence about his dull mind. And uh, Your stupid mind. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> uh, he realizes that Julia has poisoned his drink and then he dies. And she drags his body into the dark room where she sets fire to the offending photographs. And hopefully the negatives, too. Um, His death is later reported in the local media as a house fire. So there's that one. Um, Millicent and Teresa is a tale of sibling rivalry focusing on Millicent, a repressed, unattractive, and prudish brunette. And Therese, or Teresa, I think it's Therese, a worldly, seductive, and free-spirited blonde. Both roles are played by Karen Black. So I guess she gets four roles in this. She played the doll, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. Um, something happens with a voodoo talisman. Blah, blah, blah. And then Amelia is the one with the Zuni hunter fetish doll, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. He has a gold chain that I think keeps him from activating. But then it falls off, and uh, things go bananas. Yep. Yeah. There's another. You know, so Dan Curtis did Trilogy of Terror. He, um, he did. His, I think it's called uh, uh, Dead of Night. Same as the '40s okay. anthology, but it's like a TV anthology. Yeah. And that's another one where it's like a couple of stories I don't remember, and then the last one's called Bobby, I think. Uh, where's just just this woman and Bobby in this house uh, on the coast of California somewhere at night. And oh, it's, it's, that's, that's the one, one I watched. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the one I watched. Yeah. Cause I remember Bobby. Yeah. Right. You remember on the stairs. Uh huh. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. See, I thought that was another one in Trilogy of Terror, but no, that's just the same director. Trilogy of Terror 2, written and also directed by Dan Curtis, was yeah. released in 1996. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember it being not, any good either. Nah. <laughs> uh, good times. Well, I would I would imagine that if our listeners have uh, the attention span of a 17-year-old German shepherd, uh, <laughs> they're probably about ready to be done. So, guys, do you recommend Southbound? No. No? No. Jillian? Yeah, I think it's worth watching. I think it is, too. Um I think it's worth a look. I don't, I don't uh, think I would tell somebody, "Hey, you're going to be enthralled and and you know, hundred percent entertained all the way from start to finish." You might have moments where you're like, "Oh, what am I watching here?" Oh, then this one's good. You know, yeah. You'll go back and forth. I think you'll like at least two out of the stories really well. Um, I think the sirens, the one with the band, uh huh, and then the one with the family, the cult family with Dana Gould in it. That was the same one. The oh. oh yeah, that's right. So there's thinking... only one good one out of five. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! What did I do there? Hold on, I, I ruined it. Karen Black plays all of them. <clears throat> she does. Speaking of cults in the uh, uh, writing with the uh, race with the devil, mm. uh, at some point there were some cultists running, and I think they just had bed sheets on as cloaks. <laughs> <laughs> But they had like a pattern, a printed pattern on one of them. <laughs> Floral patterns. Like, oh, okay. They didn't get the real cloaks. They must be new members. Yes. So which one am I thinking of? The way in, the way out? I don't know. But the two guys driving around yeah. to the start, and then the band, then the accident, then jailbreak, and then the home invasion one wrap up. Yeah. Well. Four? Five? What is see. that? The way in, the way out, jailbreak, the accident, and sirens. Five. Okay. Okay. So I like two or three of them. I like the sirens. Well, siren. I liked approximately 20% of this movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, okay, I liked the accident in the sense that at first you're like, I don't know if I trust this 911 operator. But I, that was that was kind of, had the most black humor to it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And then finally after a while you're like, Oh man, this is not a real nine one one operator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys want to try and do our wintry three when uh, we've got snow on the way here in Denver? Sure. Okay. Um, we'll pick three wintry movies, and then we'll be able to get um, springing into leprechauns. Okay. <laughs> and I'll be in Seattle for um, Emerald City Comic Con. Stephen Graham Jones is going to be there. Well, all, right. all right. So I'll see if maybe I can. Uh, you know, maybe get an on-the-road interview with him, and then if anyone else um, who's available says yes, then maybe something else. But uh, that'll be hopefully one from the road. I'll get a hold of him probably before this drops and ask him. Um, but, yeah, if we can do our wintry three, and then at some point we should do Good Night, Mommy, if we can get, <laughs> if we can Yeah, get, I recommend that one. Good. All right, good. Yeah. So we can come back around to that. So we've wrapped up Women in Horror Month. And, um, yeah. Uh, I think now it's men only till the next February. Yep. Yep. It's just white men <laughs> until November. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else before we get out of here? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, listeners, thank you for listening.